The Utah Jazz hold picks in the top 10, 11 to 20, and somewhere in the low 20s for this NBA draft. And March Madness is upon us with conference tournaments and the NCAA tournament. So who should we be watching for each of those tiers by position with Leaf Tuline of NBA Big Board? It's next on Locked on Jazz. You are Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What point guards are out there? We'll look by position. We'll break it down. We'll find out those guys that are playing in college that matter to us for the upcoming weeks of the NCAA tournament. We'll probably touch on some twins from, like, last name Thompson, I think, um, as well as we get ready for this one as Leif Tulin of NBA Big Board joins us for a special draft breakdown as the Jazz are in Orlando getting ready for the Magic. We will have postcast for you tonight, and we will have – a uh, regular show for you on Friday with an Ask LOJ edition coming to you uh, from that one from Charlotte after the Jazz have finished playing the Magic. I am David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan each and every day. We are your team every day. We are free and available on all podcasting apps as well as YouTube. And I want YouTube active today. As Leaf is talking about guys, you might know something about them. Put your thoughts in the YouTube chat room about which guys you're excited about and which tiers on today's program. Thanks very much for making Locked on Jazz your first listen of the day. And that means it's time to welcome in our guy, Leaf Tulin, who is from Locked on NBA Big Board. We like to call him the grinder. He watches more college basketball than anyone on the planet uh, and knows all these guys. And my favorite part about Locked on NBA Big Board right now, they're not chalk. They're willing to kind of go out there, have their take, not always have to go where all the other guys have lined out the the draft and and have the guts to be able to be a little different every now and then. And then often be right when they're different. Because you know what? Last time I checked is the draft is... Not a science at all. So Leif Tuline joins us now from Locked on NBA Big Board. Great episode uh, earlier this week, I think it was. It might have been last week. I've been on the road for a while. I'm not sure um, of whether uh, the top your top 10. So if people want to go draft that on Locked on NBA Big Board. So Leif, thanks for joining us. Here's what I want to do today, Leif. Right now, the Jazz sit at eight. They have a chance to actually, frankly, get as low as as, as good as five, the way things are trending. Uh, a really realistic chance if they if they manage this correctly. Um, they are the Timberwolves will probably leave them somewhere right in the middle of that, probably around fifteen. I, I think you'd agree. And the and the 76ers will probably leave them about twenty five or twenty six. So they have this pick kind of right in the middle of one through ten. They have a pick right in the middle of 10 through 20, and they have a pick right through 21 through 30. So what I'd like to do, go by position today, but I'd like to tier them in that fashion, if that if, if that works for you. Does that, that sound like a good place to start? Yeah, absolutely. And I think there are position groups for each each kind of tier that are stronger oh, than in other tiers. Oh, that's super interesting. Let's make sure we get into that. That's super interesting. All right. So let's start with point guards, because frankly, that's where the Jazz probably if there's one wish list item that they could come out of this draft with, it's a point guard. That, I think, would be the number one thing. You've got a nice piece in Walker Kessler. You've got a fabulous piece in Lowry Marketing. You've got a developing piece in Ochai Abaji, but you, you just don't have a point guard. So one 
in that first pick in the one through 10 area, who are the point guards? Yeah, I think the the main one, obviously, Scoot Henderson, but that looks unlikely. He's likely to be the number two pick. Then you've got Amon Thompson, who's the twin brother of Osar, who also looks unlikely. But as soon as you get to five, and with which the Jazz have a chance to do, I think Osar Thompson is commonly regarded as a two guard. But I don't see what separates him from from being a point guard because he just doesn't play it because his twin brother is exceptional at it. So I'd factor him, Keontae George. Okay, back Cole. up for a second. Call me ignorant. Osar Thompson, Amon Thompson are the two twins. Where do they play? Size? Give me a little bit on each of those kids. Uh, both of them are six, seven wings. They play for overtime elite, which is kind of a postgraduate school. And so they, you can make a qualm about their competition being inferior, but there are high level athletes playing in there. And regardless of that league, they're going to enter the NBA as top 10 percentile athletes. Um, many people have drawn comparisons for Amon Thompson as a six, seven John Morant. And Osar Thompson is, is commonly regarded as a defensively oriented two guard who struggles to shoot, but he's shown flashes of being a good facilitator. And uh, Tony Jones of The Athletic recently compared him to Andre Iguodala as a comparison for Osar Thompson. I think he can play the point guard as well. Uh, Keontae George is from Baylor. He is let, me ask, a, let me ask a question on each of those guys. First place, I always check when you tell me he's a non-shooter. Free throw percentage. Yeah, he, he does struggle from the free throw okay. line. He's about 67%. That's and, really concerning, right? Mm-hmm. And so for that, those who for those who don't know that free throw percentage is usually a better indicator than actually three point percentage of whether you're going to be able to shoot later in your career. So that is like if you're looking at a big guy and whether he can stretch it to the outside, you look at that. And if you look at a, somebody who's having an off shooting year, you look at their free throw shooting. Or if you look at a college player who maybe spikes one year with their shooting. Uh, actually, a good example of this is Jalen Williams of Santa Clara last year had this spike season, but you looked at his free throw shooting. It was good for all three years, and you figured that it was really a natural spike, and he probably should be able to shoot. Yeah, and, that, and that's the truth of the matter because some players have lower percentages shooting the three because they take more difficult shots. So free throw is really the common denominator. Um, so the one thing about the the Thompson twins is their facilitation is based off athleticism. They get to the paint. They, they attack the nail on the court and facilitate out to shooters. And I think they'd really be benefited by NBA spacing. And that's why I think a lot of people, including myself, are very high on their prospects as being point guards. Um, there will be a learning curve of, of jumping a major jump in competition. But I think there's a, there's a lot of people that would really hemorrhage a, a, a lot of picks to get up and take uh, Amon Thompson. I don't think the separation between Amon Thompson and Osar Thompson is as wide as many people perceive it to be based on draft boards. I have them only separated by two spots, number three for Amon Thompson, number five for Osar Thompson. Then you get to the college players that have high pedigrees coming out of high school. Keontae George is a combo guard who reminds me a bit of Jamal Murray. He's a, he's a score, a gifted, gifted score, but if he can play the point what college uh, for Baylor. Baylor, okay. So he goes to Baylor. They're, they're going to be likely a number two or number three seed, so you'll definitely see them in March Madness coming up. And he is a gifted scorer who is learning how to play the point guard. But right now his team's strong suit uh, for Baylor is the guard. So he's not always with the ball. So I think he's another guy who's going to be benefited by the NBA's style of play. And if, especially if he plays the point guard, because for the Utah Jazz specifically, positional size is of high demand right now. And he's 6'4". So as a point guard, that's not bad height. But as a two guard, that's a little underwhelming. So that's why if he's a point guard, you, you you have him as a higher commodity. Nick Smith is from Arkansas, and he is very similar to Keontae George. Scoring guard, 6'4", great shooter, 
Um, but he takes difficult shots. And I think part of that is because their team cannot shoot whatsoever. And his teammate, Anthony Black, has got drawn a lot of traction, including from myself, as a fit for the Jazz. Anthony Black is a 6'8 athletic guard who, who struggles to shoot from three, has has a shot that has pretty mechanics, but it, it's just not, hasn't fallen. But he puts relentless pressure on the ball defensively and on the rim offensively. And I think he's the most day one immediate impact guy, but I don't think his ceiling is as high as the three I mentioned before him. All right, and so those are the point guards. Two out of Arkansas, one out of Baylor in the top 10 that you can watch in March. Let's move to 15 to 20. Let's say that the Jazz aren't warm on those guys or there's someone else or the draft doesn't break their way or who knows, you know, right, where we get the number one pick. Um, 15 through 20, who, who are we looking at? So 15, a pipe dream for the Jazz would be if Cason Wallace were to fall to 15. He's from Kentucky. He'll be in March Madness, 6'4", lauded as a, as a very impressive defender, point of attack defender, 6'4", shoots the ball well from three. His free throw percentage isn't great, so I don't know exactly how well he'll shoot. I would trend toward being a little skeptical on that side of the ball. I think most people have him in the top 12, but I could see him falling for positional size, not being as highly regarded for teams that aren't in desperate need of a point guard. Um, a guy that I am higher on, he's considered a two guard, is named Sidney Sissoko. He's from France. He's playing in the G League Ignite system alongside Scoot Henderson. So he's playing the two guard. But Scoot Henderson has missed time and he stepped into the one, uh, playing the point guard, that is. And he has been very, very impressive. And people have recently been talking about how what's the difference between he and Anthony Black? Anthony Black has long been regarded as a top 10 prospect in this class. And he was kind of regarded in the 20s. Recently, I, I've seen a lot of people move him up. I've been very impressed with what I've seen from him and as a facilitator and a big guard. Give me uh, that name. Give me that name again. City Sissoko from, okay. from France. Um, he plays for the G League Ignite. And, and one thing I would say for that team is you got to really clarify that they're playing against older competition. So I don't love the counting stats in that type of league. Like an example of this is Jaden Hardy from the Mavericks. He, he really struggled shooting field goals, uh, field goal percentage and three-point percentage but he shot 88% from the free throw line. And then he goes and plays in games and shows flashes in the NBA level that's scoring just second nature to him. And then the last one that is in that range as a point guard is Jalen Hood Shafina, who's really been a, a riser in the past two months. He plays for Indiana. He's a 6'5 point guard who thrives in the mid-range. He comes off pick and rolls and has a beautiful mid-range jump shot. And Indiana is going to be a four or a five seed and, and looking to contend as um, as they haven't done so in years with a proud basketball to predict a tradition for the Hoosiers. And that. I'm curious to see if he's a true point guard or a scorer, but he is definitely someone to keep your eyes on for a, a positional size and a, uh, just a competitor. He, he does not want to lose. Like sometimes it is to the detriment of the team. He takes too many tough shots, but when he's on, he's on, he beat the number one team in the country scoring 35 points on their, uh, their home floor. And so I, I, you know, some of those traits you have to look into. All right. So, so far March basketball, college basketball, Baylor, Arkansas, Indiana, Kentucky are the four teams we're looking at for point guards if you're a Utah Jazz fan. Let's go down to that final late first-round pick out of Philadelphia, the Jazz get. What, what players are floating around there at point guard? Uh, the main one that, that appears to me at this range, and obviously people could fall in love and people uh, teams could fall in love with players, but Tyrese Proctor, who is a should be a high school senior right now, uh, is playing at Duke, had a rough shooting start to the year. And that the regress, he's he's kind of had a regression to the mean in a positive direction, shooting the ball. But I love his feel for the game, and he's also a very good defender. He's asked his coach, as 17 year old, now 18, to guard the best perimeter defender, uh, perimeter offensive player as a defender in each game. 
um, in, in the end of the year. And I think Duke's primed to make a, a run to being a higher seed than they were projected to be all, all season long, having won nine of their last 10 games and having a nice path in the ACC tournament this week leading into March Madness. He's a 6'5 guard from Australia, and that fits the positional size. And I think he's the truest point guard of anyone in this class. He is a pass-first point guard who has the capacity to hit outside shots, but he's looking to facilitate, and he gets downhill with pretty good speed. And then he's just a, a very willing learner of the game because he was kind of taking a second uh, fiddle backseat to Jeremy Roach, a veteran guard. And then he got promoted to being the point guard rather than a point guard. And Duke has really taken off. And I, I, I tend to buy those things as being real, like flashes of, of, you know what, once they're instituted to being the man and now the team's winning a lot, I, I really tend to buy that as, as true upside. And, and that's the cause of the, the winning. So I, I buy winning for college prospects when, when their team really starts to win because of them, like Jalen Huchifino and like Tyrese Proctor of Duke. All right, those are the teams Leaf gives us. Baylor, Arkansas, Indiana, Kentucky, and Duke. So those are easy ones to remember for March Madison, hopefully ones that make it into the second weekend as well. We'll talk about wing players with Leaf when we continue here on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. Today's edition is brought to you by our good friends over at Murdoch Hyundai. Murdoch Hyundai is the uh, over 80 years in Utah are the Murdochs and the Hyundai. I'll tell you what, absolutely fabulous in every which way, as I can tell you, having purchased a grand total of three of them already, it's like the greatest car deal ever for me. I sponsor them and then just keep buying cars. All right. Well, I buy. I'm, I'm telling the truth. I bought into it. I believe in it because why? I get more bang for my buck. I get all the safety ratings and then I've got the great cars. I've got two Santa Fe's. I've also looked into I also bought the Ionic recently, which is the electric SUV car of the year. That's all from Murdoch Hyundai located at 4646 South State Street, also located in Logan. And in Linden, make sure you check it out. If you're going to stop by, feel free to email me first, though. We'll set you up with a VIP meeting with Cam at Murray and with Jake over in Linden. And make sure you get that opportunity to get that VIP meeting as well. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar. The macros are fabulous. I can walk right over there and grab one. Grabbed it for the plane. And it's the new one is out. The Mint Brownie Puff. Leaf's going to go right now. You got to try this. Leaf's going to go right now and go start ordering 17 grams of protein, 140 calories, just six grams of sugar, all for you with the new mint brownie. That's available for you at built.com with the promo code locked on or locked on 15 or locked 15. One of the three, I'm not entirely sure, kind of floating around there, but also you can go to Sam's Club and grab them for you right now. And you can go to Walmart and grab a, uh, the Sam's Club is a 13 box uh, for you and a four box bar over at Walmart available for you as well if you want to go right now. So all available for you. The protein bar that tastes like a candy bar with incredible uh, macros, great protein, low on sugar and fabulous taste with 100% real chocolate. It's Built Bar. Thanks so much for making Locked on Jazz your first listen of the day. For your second listen today, well, there's none other than I probably should suggest than possibly listening to, of course, Locked on NBA Big Board with Leaf Tulene. Rafael Barlow, I saw Rafael last night in Dallas. He's incredible. He's been traveling the world to watch prospects. He's studied, followed uh, Wembenyama for a while, knows all the European, knows all the scouts around. It's really rising in the world of scouting. Um, and so a great resource and luxury for us to have him on the program. All right, let's go wing players. Jazz, uh, the beauty for the Jazz is they can they can mark off one position. They, they don't have to look. They, they, there's really no reason for them to look at a center 
in at this point with Walker Kessler and with the versatility of Lowry marketing and frankly, maybe even the ability of Damian Jones to be a third center on your roster if Lowry, who really played very well in Dallas as kind of the backup center um, or the starting center at different points in that ballgame. Um, all right, so let's go to wing players. Let's go back to the top of the draft, Leaf, and our top uh, that top pick, which could be anywhere from, I mean, frankly, it could be anywhere from 1 to 10 at this point. Um, so who do we have as a wing players in this grouping? Uh, obviously, we don't need to talk about Victor. We Yes, we would take him, but what do, what do we got? Yeah, so the wing is an interesting one because you saw I listed four or five guards that I thought could play point guard, and that means that the wing is not going to be horribly populated here. However, I think a lot of these guys can play multiple positions. Brandon Miller would be the top prize of the wing of the true wings. He's from Alabama. Uh, he is a 19 points per game score, nine rebounds, SEC player of the year as a freshman for the number one team, or number two in the AP polls, but arguably the top team in the country. And he would be the prize. I've got him number four on my board right now. I'd be surprised if the Jazz were able to get him unless they got some luck with the ping pong balls. Uh, Cam Whitmore from Villanova is one that's really intriguing to me. Cam Whitmore uh, hurt his thumb early in the season, missed the beginning, came off a little bit rusty. There's a new coach. Jay Wright was no longer at Villanova. And you saw this slow process. But watching him run and, and jump, there are things that you cannot teach and very few players in this class, much less the NBA can do that he does. I heard in the side a little anecdote that when they run laps, when they do uh, three up and back, so six laps of the court, the sixth lap that he runs, the, the, his teammates, who are good athletes, Villanova's a good basketball school, are finishing their fifth. He, he's that athletic and explosive. He reminds me a little bit of Miles Bridges in terms of the athleticism and explosion, and I think he's got more in his bag to scoring the ball. Um, so he's someone that I remain higher on than the consensus. I've got him number six on my board, and he's the he's the second wing outside of Brandon Miller that I find to be a true wing. And then we mentioned guys that are two guards that I think uh, that could that also could play the one, and that was Osar Thompson, Keontae George, and Nick Smith, who are combo guards. So the true wings are both Brandon Miller and Cam Whitmore that I think will go within the top ten. Okay, and George was out of Baylor, and uh, Nick Smith was out of Arkansas, we mentioned earlier. So those two guys you can watch uh, during March Madness and the NCAA tournament. Uh, Villanova, another school mentioned there. So we've got a lot of blue blood schools here. Top recruits go to the best schools. It's not that surprising. All right, uh, wing players get really interesting in the middle of this first round. That's where teams have hit, right? Kawhi Leonard, Clay Thompson. Like, if you go back and look at big hits, Donovan Mitchell, uh, it is this kind of athletic player that materializes into being more than maybe was anticipated in this 10 to 15, this Minnesota pick, which is probably 15 to, you know, 15 to 20, I think is the expectation at this point uh, who floats around here. Yeah. So this is where it gets interesting because you, you depends how you prioritize your drafting. Do you go with potential or do you go with uh, kind of a surefire guy who can slot in one player that, that I think could be within the top 10 for me, I've got him right at nine. Uh, Gigi Jackson's a power forward. He's 18 years old out of South Carolina, but I think most people have him within this 10 to 20 range. Uh, he is a phenomenal athlete enrolled as, as a 17 year old to a very poor basketball team in South Carolina has taken an enormous burden. So his percentages aren't good, but his separation that he creates is uh, athletic movements. His buy-in have, have all been very impressive. So I think that would be the, the prize from this range. And then there are a couple players like uh, Taylor Hendricks from and small. On school. South Carolina's bad enough, we're not going to see him unless we watch the SEC tournament. Yes, and, okay. and that that may be the case for Villanova, believe it or not, as well. Villanova oh, really? 
Uh, they, they are win and get in mode. They have to serve and survive in advance to get in. They have to win the Big East to get into the tournament. So they, we got to watch the Big East tournament to see Whitmore at Villanova. We got to watch SEC tournament. Those all start today, I think, right? Am I, or, yes. or th- Thursday yeah, and Friday? We start today and, and, and wrap up Saturday and Sunday, respectively. Okay, so hopefully hopefully by the time you listen to this on Friday, they're not already one and done. But um, GG Jackson out of South Carolina. Okay, continue. Sorry, Leaf. Uh, no problem at all. So Taylor Hendricks is where it becomes interesting in terms of the wings. He's a, he's a guy that I think can play the three or the four. He goes to a small school in UCF, which is the American Athletic Conference, for those of you who are intending to watch him before they – uh, their season terminates. Uh, I, I think he's the guy who's risen the most from being an unknown commodity at the start of the year. And I've got him in at number 14 on my big board. He's a great shooter out of UCF. He's got elite size, six, nine and a half, shoots the ball 42% from a three and has the capacity and the chops defensively to slide his feet and switch positions. I'm not saying he should be guarding point guards, but I've seen him in college switch and, and look comfortable the transition to the NBA is, is to be determined, but I think the athletic traits are there and he's a true freshman. Um, one question about him is if he were to have the ball more, what could he do? And that that's the question is, do you just because he's a freshman, he plays on a veteran laden team. Is that why he doesn't get the ball or is that is why he um, is a spot up shooter? And either way, I think he's got a good potential to be a, a role player at the NBA level. Uh, there's a few blue blood teams that, that have wings that have, kind of disappointed but are still talented Derek whitehead from duke uh, was thought of as one of the more decorated players coming into this class struggled with a foot injury has really shot the ball well but he has has shown lack of explosion and, and the question for him is how much do you attribute to his injury or is this just who he is and then there's a guy named grady dick from kansas who's on a very good team and he's he's exceeded expectations to a degree but i don't really buy his uh, shot creation for himself. He's a very good shooter, arguably the best in this class, and he's got good size, so he's likened to Kevin Herter quite often. But I'm not sure he's got the creation ability that Kevin Herter demonstrated at Maryland, frankly, and certainly not what he's demonstrated for the Kings. And then Bryce Sensabaugh would be the last one. He's a two-guard who's got a big frame. He's 6'6", 235, and he gets wherever he wants on the court, and it shows good explosion, but he kind of takes questionable shots. And the question becomes for him, does he take questionable shots because he can make them or just because he he's, he kind of sacrifices and, and shoots them because he he's got the leeway on an offense on a very poor Ohio State team to do so. And those are guys all that those guys are all floating middle of the first round still all those guys. All right, we'll yeah, look at the, all of those are kind of 10 through 20. We'll look at the end of the first round for wing players and some of maybe bigger guys here in a little bit um, to wrap this up with Leaf here in just a second as we continue. Leaf uh, Tulane locked on NBA big board uh, is available for you. Uh, Grab that, subscribe to it, make it a part of your draft. Uh, Richard Stamen was on with Raphael and they did players that will, you know, March is important to it's a good episode uh, done earlier this week. Also, if you're looking for even more of this kind of similar conversation to what we have here going on on the show today. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is a uh, really to help you make life better. Like there's really no other way to say it because like life is hard at times for you. So BetterHelp is uh, an opportunity for you to just improve and get to know yourself better in the lifelong process of growing and changing. Therapy is 
all about depending on or deepening your self-awareness and understanding because sometimes we don't know what we want or why we react the way we do or how we should react in certain situations until we talk through it. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on the journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. If you've benefited, uh, if you'll find the benefits from therapy come with just knowing yourself a little bit better, understanding yourself a little bit, being able to maybe talk through, realize what's real, what's not, what. Um, I always like to talk about having a uh, preconceived um, issues rather than actual issues is the one I always like to talk about. So if you're thinking about starting therapy, um, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched to a licensed therapist, and the best part is you can switch therapists anytime with no additional charge. Frankly, if you've paid attention to this, it's so hard to find anyone right now. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on NBA to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash locked on NBA. Better H E L P.com slash locked on N B A. Still with Leaf to lean of locked on NBA big board. We move to the kind of wing players of the late part of the first round. We've broken it by position, as I think you've heard um, here. So Leaf, late we, the schools to watch so far: Baylor, Arkansas, Indiana, Kentucky, and Duke for point guards. Villanova and South Carolina go find them fast, and UCF go find them fast before they disappear. And then Kansas in the tournament uh, for Grady Dick and Ohio State. I think is another go find them fast guy. Um, in the Big Ten tournament was was mentioned. How about the late part of the first round? Uh, what are we looking for? Yeah, there's a couple of players with with high upside that are that are interesting. Uh, Maxwell Lewis from Pepperdine. Unfortunately, his season already has terminated. He's a talented wing who's six eight. Got off to a torrid shooting start. Kind of slumped down the stretch. And and you saw this this guy that you almost wanted to see emulate the Jalen Williams path. Jalen Williams of the Santa Clara. So small school, he's playing the point guard. He's a supersized point guard. And now can he play the two like Jalen Williams or the three like Jalen Williams does for the Thunder? And a lot of people were salivating over that opportunity because he was scoring 20 a game on ridiculous efficiency. Eventually in league play, his numbers regressed to the mean. And they're still they're still solid, but, but he's slid down some people's boards, but he's still a talented wing from Las Vegas that played at Pepperdine. And he was a sophomore. So he's a guy that I'd recommend, you know, watching some highlights, maybe try to find a game that they played against Gonzaga or some higher level competition in the WCC. And then you've got a guy in uh, Rayon Ruper. He plays for New Zealand, uh, the New Zealand Breakers. He's a Frenchman. He is six foot six with a seven foot three wingspan, defensive monster, and he is 18 years old. The reason that he is lower on this board, and I think he could crack into the teens. I want to preface that. I think he can crack into the teens. The reason he's lower on this board is his shot is very herky-jerky. It, it mechanically looks okay, but it is very slow. And, and I think there's less room for a defensive player without the shot. However, I, I've said this before. I think shooting can be taught better than athleticism, and I'll, I'll say that again and again and again. Herb Jones shot 7% in Alabama as a junior, and now he is not a great shooter, but he's serviceable. And I think that's the kind of the pathway for Ray and Rupert. Though I, I, I agree with you on this. But I, I do want to point out, like, Dylan Brooks cost Memphis the game last night. Like, he can't shoot. Like, they couldn't run their offense because he was sitting in the corner and the Lakers weren't guarding him and he missed. And Isaac Okoro, is, who is a top five pick out of Auburn, is an incredible defensive player and kind of similar to this, like this incredible wingspan. How do you possibly pass on him? Great body. He simply can't shoot. Like, he just can't shoot. And if you can't shoot in this league with the with the dominating unbelievable players that are the Donovan Mitchells, the Luka Doncic, the Kyrie Irving, and everyone now having to double those guys, 
the ball is getting spun to open three-point shots, and if you cannot be a 40% catch-and-shoot open three-point shooter in the league, it's going to be super hard for you to play in the playoffs. And, and I agree with that full-heartedly. The, the, the argument for him is he can be Lou Dort, and, and Lou Dort is not a great shooter, but you just can't not play him if you're trying to win those games and ha- take away some of those guys without doubling. Um, and, and I'm not sure he's quite going to be that all-world defender, but he's certainly got the traits to be. Uh, then a few other players that are on big schools that you certainly will see in March Madness. Uh, are there more of the power forward position here? But I'd still consider them wings because of it's becoming more and more positionless. Uh, Jalen Wilson from Kansas is a fourth year uh, junior. So technically he could come back, but he's, he's all by all intentions going to the NBA draft. He's an All-American, scores 20 points per game, was the big 12 player of the year. And he is, I think his best trade is rebounding. And he's still a 20 point per game score. He's advanced his game every year. Defensively, he can switch two through four and shooting the ball. He's 34% from three. I don't buy him as a true shooter, but he's serviceable and he takes a lot of them. Kansas shoots a lot of threes. Chris Murray, twin brother of Keegan Murray, plays for Iowa. And he is, I mean, quite literally a clone of Keegan Murray. They look identical. He's left handed as opposed to Keegan being right handed. And they both aren't superb athletes that you see on the, uh, you see on the court and you're like, wow but they're very fundamental and functional in the way they move on the court. He's a good shooter shooting about 37% from three on high volume. And then Noah Clowney is the one that's most intriguing to me. He's from Alabama. And I think he's the key to why Alabama is the number two team in the nation, not Brandon Miller. Brandon Miller is the best player, but Noah Clowney is a defensive ace. I think he can defend three, uh, two through five at the NBA level. And he is a guy that his shot isn't falling right now. But his form looks good. He rebounds the ball at an unbelievable rate, and he slides his feet beautifully. And he was an unheralded recruit, so he hasn't gained so much steam from people. But I'd be surprised if he's not a first-round pick. All right, that is great stuff. Are we missing any one of the big guys in the early part of the draft? Is there anyone earlier in the draft that we should be mentioning where we covered it pretty completely? For, for the, the the bigger wings? Yeah, for the bigger wings. We kind of moved past bigger wings. Is there anyone in that bigger wing category, maybe power forward, which is kind of a lost position in this game, that is a top 10 or a t- t- 15 pick that we should mention? There is one, and I'm glad you bring that up because I didn't think he fit the categories earlier, but I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Jerace Walker, who's on Houston, who's the number one team in the country. And he is a, a he's built like a football player. He's 6'8", 240, kind of looks like Paul Millsap in terms of build, but he's more laterally and vertically athletic than Paul Millsap. And the question is, can he, can he really prove his shooting is real? Um, and he's, he's shown flashes. He's a tenacious rebounder, which is perfect for Houston, who that's where they make their, their money. They rebound, they rebound. He's shooting 36% from three, but he's only shooting 62% from the free throw line. And so that's the question. However, his catch and shoot three point percentage is pretty high. I, and I would say a lot of people have him in the top seven. Personally, I have him at 11 on my board, and, and it's hard to deny that he'll be a good defender in the NBA. I, I have, I'm pretty confident in that take. Shooting, I'm a little bit skeptical of. And then my question is, what what is his ceiling? And that's why I'm a little lower than some, because I don't see him being a guy who's dominant on the ball, and I don't see him as a knockdown shooter who's also a defensive specialist. So he's, he's kind of a tweener, and maybe if he were in 2000 to 2010, he'd be a top five pick. But the gains shifted away from that archetype of build. But I'd certainly be remiss if I didn't mention him in this kind of upper echelon of wings. But but he's kind of a bigger body, so I didn't consider him in the, the subsections we discussed. All right. Baylor, Arkansas, Indiana, Kentucky, Duke, Villanova, South Carolina, UCF, Kansas, Ohio State. And now we add Houston to the list 
as well. Let me say this. I don't you say, but I don't remember the name. If you're watching one of those teams and the kid doesn't pop off the f- screen to you as abundantly obviously the NBA player, that's a problem. So if you get a chance to watch South Carolina or Villanova before they go away, do it. UCF before they go away and Ohio State before they go away, do it. If you get a chance to watch Ohio State, Houston, Baylor, Arkansas, Indiana, and Duke during the tournament, keep an eye out for players who just pop off the screen. Frankly, I remember watching Jabari Parker and Rodney Hood popped off the screen the whole game. And I was like, Rodney Hood's going to be a better pro than Jabari Parker. And I was right. So that's also the other one. If somebody else pops off the screen in that game, go look them up. You might have just discovered something. Leaf, keep up the great work at NBA Big Board. You can go subscribe to that and follow it all throughout the draft. Leaf will be an active member of Locked On Jazz here as we work toward the draft. Appreciate your time today. Thank you very much for for, uh, being a part of the show, Leaf. Absolutely. Anytime. It is Locked On Jazz, your team every day.